It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Some really interesting games last night. A lot of playoff implications. We're down to the final couple of weeks of the regular season. And boy, it's getting tight atop divisions. It's getting tight as far as trying to make the playoffs. I was at the Rock last night. Devils made a huge statement beating the Rangers 2-1. to Not so much that they beat the Rangers the way they beat the Rangers. What did we talk about with EJ back on Monday? The dilemma you're in when you take on New Jersey is having to deal with their speed and their offense. But they really clamped it down last night. They got the couple of goals in the first period. Big uh, turning point was the Timo Meyer power play goal after Miller took the tripping penalty and made it 2-0. Another tough first period for the Rangers against a good team. Twice they did it against Carolina. Really struggled to kind of get things going. You saw it against New Jersey. A little disconcerting, the slow starts. But usually the offense can pick it up. But Kreider had a power play goal in the second period, and that was it. Rangers only had 23 shots on goal. Came very close to tying the game late. The puck was right in the crease. Graves, who's been a very underrated player for the Devils, had a chance to clear it to the corner, fanned on it, but as Tarasenko was trying to take advantage and poke it in to the empty net, which would have been empty at that time because Vanacek was out of position, and tie the game with less than a minute to play, Graves was able to regroup, fire it into the corner. Uh, Devils got a shot with about three seconds left off the stick of Lafreniere, went over the net. So they had their share of opportunities, but it ended up being 25 shots on goal. I guess they made the adjustment. I thought it was 23 at the end of the game, but still not the kind of offensive output you're looking for the Rangers. So I was watching that game, and I've, I've, I've attended all four of the games during the regular season. And we can't rule out the possibility of the Devils still winning the division because Carolina had a tough loss in Detroit last night, came back from 2 nothing down on goals from Burns and Slavin, and then... Um, Wallman gets the game-winning goal with like three seconds to go in regulation. So Carolina was that close to at least earning a point. They lost in regulation. So couple that with a Devils win, only one point separation from first place Carolina and second place New Jersey. Now Carolina does have a game in hand, but the Devils still could win this division and break up the possibility of Rangers-Devils. But hey, I'll throw the Hurricanes into the mix in the first round for the Rangers. When you take a look at either of those matchups, I think you got that confirmation, and EJ said it. Let's see what happens on Thursday. Well, we saw what happened on Thursday. Um, great atmosphere, low-scoring, playoff type of game, and the Devils ended up getting uh, getting the win. They got the goaltending. They played well defensively. Timely goals, especially from Myers, who they went out and got at the trade deadline. You're looking at wars in the first round. And the Rangers, Carolina, maybe even New Jersey, may fancy themselves as, as, as a team that can make a run. And we all focused on having to face Boston in the conference final and how tough the second-round matchup's going to be. You really just wonder, how far can the winner of a first-round series between Devils-Rangers, uh, Rangers-Hurricanes go 
when you see how evenly matched it is, if the regular season is any indication, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a bloodbath. And you go seven, like, what are you going to have left? And let's say you make it out of the first round. All right, who's going to be waiting for you? Well, who's going to be waiting for you is either going to be the team that you didn't play in the first round, the Devils or the Hurricanes. You know, so now the difference is, you know, if the Devils can win that division, you know, you're going to be probably taking on what? Pittsburgh? Again, no cakewalk, but certainly I think a series you can navigate and you're going to be a little bit more well-rested for the team that comes out of the bloodbath in the first round. You know, EJ talked about that in the Central Division out West, where the winner of that division is going to watch the two and three seeds beat each other up in the first round. That could help Minnesota if they do win the division. So I don't like this format, but boy, it makes it a lot of fun. These first-round matchups are going to be colossally big. But that's what I was thinking about at the Rock last night, just how intriguing a first-round matchup is going to be. Now, going seven doesn't necessarily mean you can't make a run, but a, a physical series, an emotional series, it's just you kind of wonder, even if you get out of it, what could you possibly have left, especially if the team you face you know, wins in four or five games, maybe six, not as emotional, get a few days off before the series starts. Because this isn't like the NBA where you kind of sit a week between series. If you've got to go seven and the other team wraps things up early, you might only get a day off before jumping back in. We saw that with the Rangers last year, right? They had to go come back from 3-1 down against Pittsburgh in the first round, and then they would jump right into the Carolina series. And you just wonder, did that affect them at the tail end of the conference final against Tampa? Because you're at fumes at that point. You've already played over 100 games, regular season and postseason combined, pretty much playing every other day for the last couple of months. But that's what I was thinking about there. Um, Then you get the bottom of the Eastern Conference with the Panthers and the Penguins. Panthers did what they had to do. They went to Montreal. They beat the Canadiens. Kachuk gets a hat trick. But Pittsburgh does what they have to do. They shut out Nashville 2-0. And now everything kind of stays the same. Pittsburgh's still in good shape because of the fact they've got a game in hand. But as we take a look at the action now, as we head into the weekend, Pittsburgh still has that final playoff spot with 84 points. Florida a point behind. Uh, but as I said, Pittsburgh's got that game in hand. Now the, the tiebreakers go to Florida, but they still have to be able to make up that point. So Pittsburgh is going to be home for Boston. That'll be the nationally televised game over the weekend, while Florida will be at Columbus. So really good chance for Florida to kind of keep uh, things alive there. Um, so both teams did what they had to do there. As far as Nashville getting shut out, they miss an opportunity. They stay at 82 points, stay three back of Winnipeg. That was one of their games in hand. So they still stay three points back with the game in hand. Uh, Nashville is going to be home for St. Louis, while Winnipeg is going to be home for Detroit. So things getting very, very interesting. Now, this didn't have any kind of playoff implications at all, although Ottawa is still mathematically alive they've got 79 points now five back of pittsburgh but no games in hand um but i don't know how anybody like paid attention to this game senators win five to four uh they get the goal from debrinket in overtime to win that game five four so philadelphia had won four in a row so they now have, are unbeaten in regulation in their last five cam talbot comes back off the injury and makes the start for ottawa faces 11 shots 11 shots in an overtime game. But Philadelphia still scores four goals as Tippett scored late in the third to tie it at four. 
I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. Talbot gave up four goals on 11 shots. Senators had 46 shots on goal. How often do you see that kind of a discrepancy in shots? And how often do you see a team that limited with opportunities and still score four times? But Ottawa keeps their playoff hopes alive. Lightning starting to feel it again as they beat up on the Capitals uh, by the final score of 5-1. to one. Stamkos with his 32nd goal of the year. Maroon with a couple. We told you about Detroit's win. Uh, Blues 5-3 over the Blackhawks. Oil Oilers shut out the Kings 2-0, so a couple of losses in a row in Alberta for Los Angeles, although they threw 43 shots on goal um, at the Oilers' netminder Skinner, who's playing very, very well, so Skinner gets the shutout. Big story in this one is Connor McDavid scores his 61st goal of the season and his 300th goal of his National Hockey League career. He's got 144 points so far on the season, and there's still a lot of time left in the season for Edmonton as they picked up the win. So the Oilers have played uh, 76 games. So the Oilers still have six games left on their schedule. So you wonder, all right, 144 points, what does that mean? Well, right now, 144 points. That's the 22nd best regular season in the history of the NHL. And as I mentioned, still six games left. He's one point back of Phil Esposito, had a 145-point season. Mike Bossy had a 147-point season. So Connor McDavid's going to crack the top 20. So you figure, let's say McDavid gets to 150, which you figure he should do. Um, he should have no problem averaging a point a game. You know, you're going to Bernie Nichols at 16th all-time with 150. He's got a chance to be in the top 15 greatest regular seasons of all time. Now, if he were to get to 150 points, as I mentioned, that would tie Bernie Nichols for 16th all time. But we're not talking about a lot of players, all right, that have had 150-point seasons. Bernie Nichols, Phil Esposito, Steve Eiserman, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. That's it. That's it. If he's able to get to 150 points... He will join a list of just six players to be able to accomplish it. Pretty incredible. And if he has like a monster close to the season in the final six, you know, we're talking about a guy that's going to be in the top 15 in scoring in a season in the history of the National Hockey League. That's the kind of year that Connor McDavid is having. And with that Euler victory, they are right now just two points out of first place. Now, Vegas has clinched a playoff berth, as we know, and Edmonton has played one more game. But that'll be interesting. Edmonton next up, they're going to be home for Anaheim, while Vegas is going to be home for Minnesota. So very good possibility that uh, over the next couple of days, Edmonton can slide into a first-place tie. Kraken do what they have to do. They beat the Ducks 4-1. to one, And the Sharks, after a nine-game losing streak, now have won a couple in a row. They win in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3. to three. So, again, that opens the door for Edmonton a bit. Uh, Logan Couture's 26 of the season, 50 seconds of the overtime, proves to be the game winner there. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Number 5. Well, let's uh, keep the New York Rangers in a top 5. Even with the loss last night, over their last 12, they've won 9 of them and have only lost 2 games in regulation over that span. Um, I know it's not going to look attractive, Chris Kreider's 33 goals, but you know the fact is he never scored more than 28 in his career when he scored the 52 last year, so it's not going to look as impressive compared to the 52 from last year, but he's still got a chance to score north of 35, which is pretty good. Zabanajad, um last night with an assist, now most points he's ever had in his career. Looks like Panarin's on his way to another 90-point season. Um, Igor Shosturkin has played unbelievable for the New York Rangers, who now have a plus 52 goal differential that's tied with new jersey for second best in the nhl i've got the new york rangers at number five number four right there the minnesota wild plus 30 a plus 27 goal differential but well, their goaltending has been tremendous gustison has played well seven one and two in their last three they've won three in a row and when you look at the division that has as well as Dallas has played, Colorado coming off a Stanley Cup championship, the Minnesota Wild are right there to potentially be able to win that crazy central division. They've got 97 points, so they've got three points on Dallas. Dallas does have a game in hand, and three points on the Avalanche. Avalanche also have a game in hand, uh, but Colorado... Uh, is going to be playing Dallas coming up next, although Dallas does have a game with Arizona before that. But it's kind of opened the door a little bit. Boldy, who was talked up, obviously, by Anthony Pusick earlier in the week, is having a terrific season. Obviously, we know what um, what uh, Kaprizov has been able to do. I've got the Minnesota Wild at number four. Number three. Tough loss last night for Vegas, but still, they've played outstanding. What is an incredibly tough division, uh, the Pacific, Vegas is still in first place. Plus 33 goal differential, 7-2-1 in their last 10. Uh, they've actually played better at home, uh, but they've been better on the road, which is kind of crazy, but it is also a sign of a good team. And we talked about this with EJ on Monday. I know they went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year in 2018, and Carlson's had a great career, and Marcia Show is a really good player, but they've never had a player to the ilk of, uh, of Eichel, and I think that could be a difference maker for the Vegas Golden Knights. I've got them at three. Number two. We're talking up Connor McDavid, and the one thing Connor McDavid said is he loved to score 70 goals. He loves all the points he's producing, but he wants to be able to do it and get wins. And Edmonton is doing just that. They're number two, eight, one, and one in their last 10. They've won three in a row, plus 46 goal differential is right now, when you take a look at the Western Conference, is the best in the Western Conference. Skinner is playing out of his mind, and they haven't had any good goaltending. Let's face it, I loved Ryan. Uh, I I loved uh, Smith last year. I, I I love what he was able to do for them at the age of, what, 40-plus years old uh, to be able to go to the conference final. Um, the, Skinner's a better goaltender, and I know that wasn't the way they drew it up at the beginning of the season, but Skinner now has really grounded this Edmonton team into shape, and you know about Seidel and Vander Kane had a big goal the other night. I like this Oiler team, and I've got them at number two. Number one. Yeah! 
they're kind of going through the motions. They lost to Nashville the other night, and they barely won yesterday with a goal in overtime by Pasternak. We should mention that. He's got 53 goals on the season, but it's hard to knock Boston off. They've already clinched everything that they've needed so far. President's Trophy, 121 points, plus 118 goal differential. And even though they've been a bit pedestrian over the last couple of games, they've still won eight of their last ten. Boston's going to run the table for the season, and they clearly are number one. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game is conduct to close out the week. Anthony, given how they have both played this year, how do you think the Bruins will manage the Allmark-Swayman goaltending duo in the postseason? I do not believe that you can go with two goaltenders intentionally in the postseason. You need to be able to get a groove. I think Allmark is going to be the guy... Um, and it's nice to know that Swayman can be there if needed, if there's any injuries or issues or whatever, but I don't like a tandem goaltending, even though they've both kind of really um, split it down the middle. I want to be able to get the stats here as far as who's played as many games as the other as we punch up their um, their stats here. But I don't I, – I, listen, I don't know what um, Montgomery is going to do, uh, how he feels about it. But I don't think you can really, honestly, um, have any chance of going in that direction with two goaltenders. So you look at it, um, as far Olmark right now has played in 46 games. Swayman's played in 32. So I'm going to say that Olmark is going to be the guy. would not take any chances and going back and forth with goaltenders. Adam says, hey, Don, after the last two games for the Devils against the two most likely round one opponents, which team do you feel they match up better against? Also, did you see Martin Brodeur wishing Sean Avery a happy birthday on Instagram? I did not see that. Uh, nice to see bygones be bygones. There's a lot of it. That was a tremendous rivalry back in the day, but I didn't see that. So I, you, you can't sense sarcasm in a tweet or a post, but uh, I have a feeling that maybe Marty was being a little uh, sarcastic. Um, so you mentioned the Devils. Uh, again, I was down on them here late in the season, but they really showed me something in that victory against New Jersey, uh, against New York yesterday. So you take on the Islanders, who you very you know could possibly play. Um, in the first round of the playoffs, um, 5-1 loss. But that was a really competitive game, and then it got out of hand late with the empty net goals and everything. Um, we'll see. Very strange what's going on in the Metropolitan Division. Like, the Rangers have this rogue game against St. Louis. Uh, uh, late in the season here, New Jersey's got to go out to Chicago and Winnipeg uh, this weekend. Kind of crazy, but uh, the Devils really did show me something here down the stretch. Uh, the way they played against the New York Rangers last night. That was a huge statement for them. And again, I was in the building. It was about 50-50 crowd-wise, and they really did respond. Uh, Shining Wizards Kevin says, You said on the K-Show last night's Rangers-Devils outcome would make you feel better about the series winner. Do you still feel that way? Listen, I, I really felt going into that game last night that the better matchup would be against New Jersey. I still feel that way. I do because I think overall in a best-of-seven series it'll be more wide open than it'll be against Carolina. Hurricanes have been there and done that. They, they haven't won a cup, but they've won playoff series. They go to the playoffs every single year. They clog that neutral zone. They play a very, very difficult style over a long series. So I still think the better matchups with New Jersey. But again, very impressed with that win. And if the Devils can play like that in a series, they're going to be a very, very difficult out as well. 
AZ Ranger says, right now, who do you have in the cup finals? Well, it's cup final, not finals. Let's get that straight. Um, God, it's so wide open. I mean, how do you not pick Boston, right? Well, you're not going to pick Boston because they won the President's Trophy, and that's supposed to be an albatross around your neck that sinks you to the bottom of the ocean. I'm going to say, you know what? I think Anthony's going to be impressed with this. <clears throat> Let's go to a rematch of the 88 and 90 Stanley Cup final. How about Boston Edmonton? Man, I guess it's as good as anybody else's. Uh, Sean says, since Ovi won a couple of years ago, who are the best active players without a cup and who is the greatest to play and never win in NHL history? Wow. That's a great question because there's a bunch of goaltenders that haven't won. You know, Cujo, Curtis Joseph I'm talking about, Eddie Jockerman, Henrik Lundqvist. But as far as everyday players, greatest player not to win, well, certainly you'd have to put Connor McDavid there, although he's very early in his career. Oh, man, that is such a good question. Just going in my mind. Denny Savard eventually won one with Montreal, although he didn't play because he was injured. Um, Trying to think of some of those really great Blackhawk teams before, obviously, the Kane and Taves and Seabrook and Keith because they didn't win a cup from 61 until they won that uh, next one in 2010. Doug Gilmore did win a cup early in his career. Same with Theo Fleury. They went long stretches without. Dave Anderchuk eventually won his cup in Tampa. Anthony, help me out here. I'm just kind of scanning my brain here of like the great players that didn't win a cup. This was such an easy question about... Five years ago? Yeah, and until Ovi. Right. Right? So then no one really had to worry about this question. That's kind of the problem. All right, so you go through, like, I'm just looking at the team, right? Like, all right, so so Toronto, like the great Toronto players, that, and they haven't won a cup since 67, right? So, but again, Gilmore won after, Anderchuk won after, Wendell Clark, I mean, I got to put him. I like this player. He's probably not the top one. Um, but Jerome McGinley never won. Jerome, I liked him a lot. Jerome McGinley never won. Played in the final, obviously, in 04. But I'm, I'm going to give you one that I just thought of. Okay. Matt Sundin. That's a good one. Matt Sundin, all those years in Toronto, in Vancouver, never won a cup. Matt Sundin. Did we mention Marcel Dion? Marcel Dion would have to be on the list. I mean, he was a... Uh, he was a um, a compiler, you know, sure. uh, but he was still a great player, Hall of Fame player. Didn't win with the Kings, didn't win in Detroit. Um, Esposito won a cup in in Montreal before he went to Chicago. So that's in the group. Um, that's the that's the. I don't think we're missing anybody, right? Thornton um, hasn't won, right? Excuse me. Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton won. went to a final in sixteen, did not win. Joe right. Thornton, Patrick Marlowe. Um, yeah, those Sharks guys. All those Shark guys. Um, just trying to think of some of the great flyers after 75. You know, Eric Lindros never won a cup. Because, um, you know, guys bounced around a bit. Um, you, know who's, you know who's a really great player that never won a Stanley Cup? Who's that? Would be Jeremy Roenick. Oh, wow, yeah. Jeremy Roenick. I see, I, see, you know what I like about this? It would have been interesting if I came back. and I'll come back with you on Monday and give you the list. You're actually hearing the brains of Anthony Pusick and Don LaGreca like, burn. You can smell you the can smoke. Hear, you can smell the smoke 
as we're trying to um, digest all of this information and spit it back out at you. Um, I don't. I think it's like a K show pre show meeting. Hmm, I love. I love. I lo- well, no, because those are boring and and I and I hate them. Oh my god. Um, this I'm actually having fun and enjoying. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pat Booth says, hey, Don, remember when you said that the Devils weren't the same category as the Rangers? Did I ever say that, Anthony? Honestly, did I ever say that not in the same category? No, you did not. That's, that's strong. Although, again, I will say that the lack of experience could be a bit of a problem. If that's what they're interpreting as not in the same class, yes, the Devils have less playoff experience than the Rangers. That's just a fact. That's not a knock. That's just looking at the rosters and seeing what you're... He goes, did did you mean the Devils' 3-0-1 season series are clearly a step above the Rangers, or did you mean you're a massive homer? Okay, so... I'll hang up and listen. I mean, I'll show you the tattoo of my Devils on on the calf of my leg. So so. this is a classic example, and we get it when every sport, Don, when when we're on the K-Show, of somebody that looks at the regular season standings and gets upset when you believe that a team is better than somebody else, even though they beat them three out of the four times they played in the regular season. That's right. So, uh, Because if I, Carolina did, if you go by that, the Rangers shouldn't have beat Carolina last year. I, but they did. Right. That's right. So here, Pat, right? you call me a homer. You obviously didn't have any information, so I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you because you just you were ignorant on the subject. Um, is you're, you're, you're banking... Listen, you obviously win the argument because of the 3-0-1 record and the fact that they're probably going to finish ahead of the Rangers in the standings. Uh, but, and I know you got Timo Meyer, but you know the Rangers didn't play an entire season with Tarasenko and Kane. And I just look at it and I say, and I believe, and Vegas could have it wrong. I mean, I could have it wrong. But I believe if these two teams play in the postseason, I'll get your thoughts on this, Anthony, Vegas will have the Rangers as the favorite. And I'm going to tell you why. All right? There'll be no distinct home ice advantage. I'm sorry. And again, I grew up a Devil fan, but I was in that building, okay? So even if the Devils finish with home ice advantage, I don't think it'll be looked upon as a real true home ice advantage when half of the building's going to be filled with Ranger fans, okay? That's number one. Number two, the goaltending's better. I'm sorry. Vanacek has played great against the Rangers for sure. Igor Shosturkin, I think, is a better goaltender. And I think as the chemistry continues to build, the Devils will be better. But again, that doesn't mean you you can't win. I mean, I, I would not be shocked if the Devils won. I I've been and I never on... said again. You're putting words in my mouth. That said another category. I just said the pro- the problem is I think the Rangers have they they went through the run last year. You get Tarasenko who won a cup. You go get Kane who's won three. All right. Uh, the addition of Mikola, let's not forget about him. Eventually, Lingren's going to get better, and he's going to be back in the fold. The problem I have with New Jersey, and I've said it, and I'm rooting for him, I want them to do well, is they really lack experience in the postseason. They do. And I and I think that's going to be a bit of a problem here. But you're right. The matchups have been good. But I don't get that caught up in what happens in the regular season. Do you realize that's the first time these two teams have played since January 7th? So that's before Tarasenko, before Kane, before Mikola, and in fairness, before Timo Meyer. 
And that was a great game last night. And if they played six more times, who's to say that the result wouldn't be different over the next span? So you're telling me if that was game one of, of the playoff series and that the Devils won 2-1, to one, that you'd be like, there you go, we're winning the series? And Based off of that, I thought the whole team has played well and the Devils, the Devils won, but that just tells me it's going to be a hell of a series. And it's the first game in this season where the team that went up 2-0 ended up winning the game. Because in the first three, the team that went up 2-0 lost. So it's the first time that somebody held on to a lead in these series. And I've been on record on this podcast with you, Don, saying I'd rather play Carolina than New Jersey in the first round. I I was just talking to Dan Grassa, and he said that he would rather be first because he wouldn't want to face the Rangers as a Devil fan in the first round. He had another tweet earlier. says, the Devils have beaten the Hurricanes and the Rangers in Newark in the last few weeks. But Don LaGreca doesn't think the Devils are in the same conversation as the Rangers and Hurricanes. People Which, get again, upset. They hear what they they hear what they want to hear what a because clown. you haven't been pumping the Devils' tires as much as you've been on the team that you watch religiously because you work for them. Right, but I'm and a have more of an analysis on them because you watch them every day. And it's the same thing that we had when the Nets and the Knicks because the Nets were the better team when they had KD and Kyrie, but we weren't giving them enough credit because. We were talking more about the Knicks. But, but it's just, I, I, it doesn't mean they're not good, and it but, doesn't but mean that we don't think they're. I good. really wish, though. See, the, the 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 frustrating thing about all this is that you, you're killing me. You're killing me. I'm trying to defend things I didn't say. Never said they were in the same category. I nope. just what I said was I thought the better matchup for the Rangers would be the Devils over the Hurricanes, and I'm concerned about the Devils' lack of experience. But you're putting so much stock. In the regular season meeting, you lost 5-1 to the Islanders. Islanders, have, they haven't even clinched a playoff berth yet. So are you supposed to say, am I supposed to go on and say, well, you know, the Islanders are better? You know, you lost to Buffalo the other night. So you keep telling me you beat Carolina and you beat the Rangers at the Rock. But you also lost to Buffalo. You also lost to Florida. You know what this is like, Don? This is like three years ago, maybe two years ago. The The pandemic has kind of skewed my ability to remember when things are. When um, people said that you weren't giving the Islanders playoff run enough credit, right. when you willingly, on your arm, did 30-minute pregame yeah, shows, 30, which I remember yeah, vividly because I was also there. I'm just looking at it. I mean, you, you know, lost to St. Louis, lost to Montreal at the Rock. And by so the pull- way, the Rangers have losses like that, too. So and and, well, and we it's can a regular all, season, you and you're know, all playing for second place in the East. Let's be honest, because if Boston's healthy, they're the best team not right. only in the East in hockey. And, so. and 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 you see President's Trophy winners lose all the time. Again, I I've well, you know I'm not even going to argue because I didn't even say half the things he said. So Pat, you got me, man. You tweeted at me, tough guy. I'm a clown. Yeah, go listen to another podcast. Go listen to anything and see if you get somebody talk about the Devils as much as me. As I sit in my man cave, looking at my Scott Stevens jersey, my autographed Ken Danico jersey, uh, my autographed uh, Jim Dowd jersey. Let's see, what else do I have here? Oh, a, a jersey that the Devils gave me with LaGreca number one on the back. I think he's got an appearance coming up at a winery in Jersey. I could be wrong. Oh, sure. Jim Dowd. <sighs> we have fun here, though. Yeah, not today. All right, Anthony, it was a lot of fun uh, working with you and talking to you. I enjoyed it, Don. Let's do it again um, in three hours, shall we? That, that should be a lot of fun, the Michael K. Show coming up. If you want to tweet at me, call me a loser, call me a clown, call me a homer, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. I appreciate everyone for listening. We'll be back with you again on Monday. Hopefully we'll hook up with EJ. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. 
This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. 